What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Double Advocates. Today, it's going to be myself, VP, and Jake. Guys, it's been a quite, quite the last twenty-four hours after last night. How are we feeling? Uh, still a little banged up from last night. I was at the game, uh, but we're out here. You know, we're living. We had a good time, uh, except the fact that I did not have a good time. Um, but I had a good time. So, how about you guys? How's your how's your neck, BP, from uh, the whiplash of that game? <laughs> it was a roller coaster. That was that game was that game was something else. I mean, we can uh, we can kind of jump right into it. That that game was like a tale of three. That was like three different games in one. I think I saw some stat. It was like that might have been like the first. It's it was it was like a baseball stat. It was like that was the first time Washington has like shut out a team three straight goals. They've given up four straight, scored two straight, and like that was the end of the game. I mean, that game was. That yeah, game I think was, it was something like. Um, you saw it too, right? Scoring, scoring multiple goals with none against in the first, getting scored against with four, with none, none four in the second, and then getting another three in the third, with none against. Yeah, it was a very um, baseball stat stat. I would just like to throw out there that the side of the arena I was sitting on saw zero of the goals. Every single one of the ten <laughs> goals was on the same net, and I was not sitting by it. That was also, yeah, last night was just like, last night was crazy. That was funny. I, was, I think so. I think Daniel mentioned that, or they mentioned that on the broadcast. They were like, every single goal has been on the left side. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. That net was, that net was just cursed. Yeah, uh-huh. I, was, I was sitting on the, I, I always sit on the devil's shoot twice side. Yeah for the single purpose that statistically I should see more of the devil's goals. Uh, I didn't see any goals on our side, not one. So <laughs> it was so rough. From from our boy, Bill Spaulding, who uh, apparently gets in the mud a little bit, uh, but we can touch on that maybe a little bit later. <laughs> but uh, he tweeted out uh, this morning that in devil's home games, the four games at the rock so far this season, the left side net. So the, the hot net last night, has had 22 goals scored in it in total. The other net has had eight. Wow. That's quite uh, It means nothing. No. It probably means literally nothing, but one of those fun little stats. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, we, don't have to touch, we don't have to really touch on the Islanders game from uh, last week or whatever, but just to kind of tie into to what's been going on, uh, we... We, it would be a disservice if we didn't just touch on how ridiculous Jack's been playing. What is it? I think yeah. he got up to 17 points last night. He's had... He 17 and 6 games. Yeah, he had back-to-back 4-point games, and then almost had another 4-point game last night. He hit the post late in the late in the third to tie, but, I mean, 17 points, 6 games now. I mean, with McDavid being out for... I don't know how much longer he's out. I think it's kind of like a medium-term injury, but he's going to definitely put himself, and already has put himself, into the MVP discussion like early in the season. Yeah, I mean, there are a fair amount of NHL defensemen who are going to get 17 points on the season. It's insane that six games into the season, we're like ready to hand out the Hart Trophy already because that's how crazy he's been. And we've seen so many of these stats come out that, like, you know, the fastest to X points or the most points in X games or whatever. And they date back to, like, the 80s and 90s. Like, all, all of these stats are no one has had this hot of a start since Mario Lemieux in, like, 92. Oh, nice rhyme. Um, but 
it's insane when you think about it because Connor McDavid exists. Like, Connor McDavid, the past few years, has put up, you know, 150 points per season, and he hasn't even started off this hot before. So it's it's really meaningful. It's not just a, a random streak. This is, like, historic that we're watching this. So I'm very, very excited to see his season because he is setting himself up with a cushion almost that even if he only scores a point in a game, that's like a, a disappointment. He could be a point-per-game player, and it's seen as like extreme regression. That's in, that's insane. Yeah, at this point, I think it would be like a shock if he didn't finish with over like 110 points or close to it uh, at this point. I did crunch numbers on it a little bit, and maybe, you know, uh, I'm not a mathematician or anything, but I do believe if Jack scores uh, at a 1.1 point-per-game pace from this from this point on, so mm. just over one point per game from here on out, he'll break 100 points. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's probably which is bonkers. Yeah, We're six games happen. in. It's gonna happen. Um, yeah. I'm also gonna throw this uh, potentially hot take. I I haven't seen uh, too much discourse around it, but uh, I really do feel like probably the last two games or so. Uh, and I know we're only six games in, so it's nothing crazy, but. Um, I feel like Jack has just been Jack. I don't think he's been next-level Jack Hughes that we've seen him just take over solo games. I mean, he's had, you know, three-point nights, another three-point night. But it really, for this season, it just feels like, oh, he has guys that can actually score on his line where, you know, he would set Hala up last year and it would just be a flub. And now it goes to the Foley stick and it's, it's actually in the net now. So he's been doing this for years. Is just previously right. the guys would just not actually put it in the net for him. Yeah. He would still do the insane setups and basically give you a tap in like he gave Timo last night. The guys would just miss it. And now he actually has some goal scorers on his line. And it's like, it's casual for Jack Hughes. And I think a three point night is like, yeah, I could, I could literally see him doing this every night if the, if his line mates are, are putting in what he sets up. That really is like kind of the beauty of it is because it's not some, random player going on some insane streak we're really just seeing how good jack hughes is and i think that's the major difference and what devils fans have been screaming from the rooftops for years now i mean you guys remember even in his first season or two the analytics crowd loved him because his underlying numbers were like just bubbling underneath the service ready to erupt and we had the casual you know media talking about how He's a bust, he's not scoring enough points, all this stuff, while you look below the surface and it's like, no, when this guy like really starts clicking and things get going, it's going to explode and go nuts. And we're seeing that now. We saw it last season for sure. I mean, he had 99 points last season, which is <laughs> nothing to discount here, but we are really seeing him at the top of his game consistently now. It's not just some flash in the pan hot streak. This is just Jack Hughes. And... As a 22-year-old who presumably all things, you know, knock on wood, go according to plan here, we have him for the next, what, 15 years, I could not be more excited. This is insane. I know I've said it like four times already on this podcast. This is just insane. Yeah, just to put into perspective of how like, the chances he's creating, this is from Todd Cordell over at Infernal Access. He does shot tracking uh, almost every game. So last night he had... 14 shot shot contributions so that's either attempts or assists the next closest double was Timo or the next closest forward was Timo Meyer at 8 he had 14 and then at 12 on defense was 
someone who's been playing a lot better as of late as the season has gone on is brother Luke. So the two of them have been just kind of carrying, I don't want to say carrying the load Luke lot, Luke has been, but like he's been facilitating a good amount of offense. And these, like you said, these chances aren't going to Eric Hala and like, got like Yanni Kulkin and Yegor Sharangovic. They're going to Jesper Brett, Todd DeFoley, like all-star caliber players. Can we, I mean, we can finish the Jack Hughes conversation for sure, but can we talk about Jesper Bratt, 10 points in six games? I tweeted it the other day. Um, I think he had nine and five at the time. But Jesper Bratt scoring at almost a two-point-per-game clip is a non-story for this team because that's how good Jack has been. I think, like, you, I think you tweeted that today, right? You posted the NHL, uh, NHL.com screenshot. I think it was yesterday, but yeah, I mean, you know, same shit, different day. But um yeah, yeah, it's another day ending in Y where BP's pumping Jesper Bratt's <laughs> tires here. Um, but uh, no, I mean, how? Hey, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it again, that it's insane. Like, how insane is that that we have a guy who has ten points and Toffoli with nine points in six games, and that's like not even close to a top story on this team. Like, that is unheard of for Devils fans. Yeah, I was going to bring up a similar point where, you know, in the past, everyone knows, you know, we were defensive juggernauts, even though we were one of the highest scoring teams during a couple of our dynasty years. Uh, but we never had that true 100 point score. It was more of, you know, scoring by committee or Elias doing a bulk of the work and a few guys helping to chip in along the way. But we've never had that super, super star um, that Jack Hughes is. Uh, and I'm sure throughout this podcast, we're going to keep saying his name because you yeah. can't not right now in devil's hockey but yeah Toffoli has been uh really good i mean i said it through the first for a few games where he wasn't uh, actually finding the back of the net but you could see it was coming there was chances that he was setting up he would just barely miss or he was yeah. like a half step behind like oh this is what that jack hughes kid can do i need to be ready for that and right. then you get the one um the one uh media scrum interviewer they asked him you know how are you adjusting to the systems and he's like oh i just you know you just follow jack you just do whatever he's doing and then you're gonna be fine and it's true that's yeah. all you got to do on his line and it's great to see timo uh finally finding it with jack which i wasn't quite expecting to really click as much as it is um because i thought jack might continue his torrid uh shots on goal pace that he was starting to put up last year but i think jack is even starting to realize like oh i don't have to do everything everything i can just put up three four points a night by being the jack hughes i was and yeah. I can still probably put up a 40, 40 point spot this year uh, because I'm Jack Hughes. It's yeah, yeah it's crazy. Uh, one last point uh, because I didn't mention the name, but Brat has been fantastic. Um, I will say okay. I just watching eye test wise, uh, it feels like the line was more the Jack Hughes the Foley line was more dominant with Brat on it. Now maybe that was just the eye candy of Jack Hughes just for Brat on the ice together. Um, because Timo, I think, has been doing a lot of the small stuff really well on that line, crunching it to the boards, down below the net, all that stuff. But Brat has brought that now to the Nico line and with bumping Palat up with them. Um, it's worked out really well. Uh, I think they've cooked a few times since been put in, uh, getting put together. And, um, yeah, Brat, Brat's been fantastic. And like you said, he's basically a non-story. He's third highest points now. I think to fully pass him with this insane past couple of games. But... Uh, no, Brad's still second. Uh, second. Brad's, Brad's at 10 and Toffoli's at 9. At 9? Okay, okay. Yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah, because he did get the assist last night on Nico's goal, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So, yeah, um, I said it kind of in this morning's video, but if 
our top six can keep cooking like this, sky's the limit as far as what the capabilities of this team are because um, at minimum, five of these six guys are returning for four years, right? So right. at minimum, five out of six of this are returning. And so it's it looks so good. Um, I don't know where we want to transition from here. I know we mentioned Luke. We uh, I actually pulled up Jack and Luke's stats when on the ice together. I don't know if you guys have looked at this at all, but oh, from Money Puck. <laughs> oh my God! No, I it's went crazy. on actual stat trick. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in almost half an hour of ice together, when just purely looking Jack Luke, right? Doesn't matter what the rest of the ice looks like. Purely just five on five. So we're not even talking the power play where they put up. We're you know almost putting up a fifty percent pace. Just five on five with these two guys together. Um, shots for and against, uh, they're at a seventy-three percent pace for us. So it's forty-nine no. to eighteen. Jeez. Expected goals is at seventy-six percent for us. Um, Two point seven three expected with 0.87 against. High danger chances are almost seventy-two percent. And you ready for the kicker? PDO. PDO. The luck stat, which one point oh is, you're basically getting the results you should be getting. They're at a 0.87, meaning thanks Meaning they should probably have at least two, three, four, five more goals for them right. during this stretch, or a few more less against them as well. Torrid. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever seen numbers like this with a two guy sample. Not even, not even McDavid Drysaddle type numbers. I do want to throw in uh, just random here the 2013-14 Devils the. The season leader for points was Yaramir Yager with 67 oh, in 82 games, 67 points. I Jack Hughes is going to hit that by the All Star break. Yeah, he's going to have that. By, <laughs> he's going to have that back at Christmas at this point. <laughs> his, yeah, he, he's going to be sitting at Thanksgiving dinner, having beat that already. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there again. Just a wild stat, and and Yager was even 14 points ahead of Eliash in second place with 53. So. Just to put this all into perspective, what Jack Hughes is doing, I mean, I know Yager's putting up 67 is not exactly uh, setting any records, but in terms of history and team leaders, this is just how far ahead we are of anything we've ever seen before. Um, but I do want to touch on, uh, I know we just talked about points and stuff, but has anyone noticed Jesper Bratt's game is a little different this year? He's physical. He's a, bit, he's a bit feisty. I like it. He's throwing hits. He and, and and it's not just you know the buzzwords of getting into the dirty areas or whatever. Because you know people just say that they have no idea what it means to about tough players and it, it it's largely nonsense from most fans at least. You know people who do know what they're talking about say it. It does mean something, but fans just love to throw it around for the gritty players um, or whatever buzzword they want to use, but he's legitimately throwing hits. And there was a moment, I don't remember if it was last night um, or two games ago, there was a moment where the other team had the puck and they were skating it out of their defensive zone. And Brat um, was in, it was kind of deep in the offensive zone and he skated back, like ran from behind took it off him and skated around him and took it back into the offensive zone. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God. Like, that was such a 100% effort play. And not that he doesn't give, you know, 100% effort like everyone else, but I just remember thinking, like, if this is, like, 
the amount that he's putting into his game right now, and he can keep it up for a whole season, throwing hits, you know, tracking people down like that, like being the fastest player on the ice that's not named Jack Hughes. I think we could see something really special that we even haven't seen from him, and we've seen some pretty cool stuff from him. Yeah, speaking of just like the defensive side of the puck, and it's kind of something that I wanted to see earlier. I think we talked about it maybe like right before, right, right when the season started, was him on the PK, and he's doing that. He's yes. doing that. He's doing that on the PK as well. Like he's stripping guys. He's like making the smart play, like taking the puck all the way back into his end, or just killing clock in the corner. I mean, in terms of guys who have like. Because I know, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit, but, like, some guys have started slow. Jack Hughes and Jesper Brad have not, and you can't really... Brad caught a lot of flack with the whole effort thing. He caught a lot of flack in the playoffs with the whole Carolina thing, but it's like, you can you... There's not one thing you can, like, discredit him for so far this year. He's been easily the second-best player on the team. All right, yeah. I'm going to ramble here ramble here for for a moment of uh, across a few different things that were brought up. Okay, so, first, uh, I'm going to... I guess slightly call myself out slightly, ever so slightly uh, from last year talking point on uh, experience not mattering too much in playoffs. You know, every, that was the whole talking point with us versus the Rangers experience, bunch of new guys coming in, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, I'm going to say the experience from last year's playoffs is a big benefactor of the Jesper Brett we're seeing now in the physical game. He has added to his repertoire. Um, slight nitpick on a point BP brought up. Uh, top skating speed on this team, uh, new thanks to the new Edge uh, website by the NHL and uh, compiled by Jay Fresh on Twitter. Uh, Jesper Bratt has a, to- a higher top end speed than Jack Hughes. All right, I'll but, take it. Yeah, correct me, please. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but Jack Hughes does have um, more bursts of speed than Jesper Bratt by like a pretty wide margin. So. Top end, Brat has him slightly beat, but Jack Hughes on a more consistent basis is the faster skater. Everyone in nitpick semantics there. Um, yeah, that's fine. I probably had another point I wanted to make that maybe will come back to me, but we have been basically fellatioing ourselves here for the entire start of this podcast. And it would fine. be uh, remiss if we don't remind ourselves we did lose last night. Yeah, um, no, that was an L. It wasn't even an overtime L. Just a straight L. Uh, so if we want to kind of touch on that a little bit, because I think maybe there might be disagreement amongst the crew here. I don't, I'm not positive. Uh, what do we think about the actual overall performance of the team through six games? First periods have been really bad. I'm sure that's not really a controversial opinion across anyone who follows this team, but after kind of like that 5 to 10, 15 minute mark, they kind of seem to get their legs under them, but it's another talking point. It's like you can only start this, you can only start that slow so many times and win so many games. I mean, 3, 2, and 1, I think the record is currently. I mean, that feels about right at this point in time. Um, I mean, the main story for me, we'll get to we'll get to it in a little bit, has been the goaltending. I think I did a little stats dump on Twitter for those who don't know about they used Michael McCurdy's data. I mean, this, the rates 5v5 offensively, defensively look fine. The PK, like I mentioned, or I thought was going to be an issue, is still an issue, I think, even though it's still a little bit better than league average. I feel like they're, again, it might be just like clearances and the goalie not making the save. But other than the shaky starts, I think they've been relatively fine. Real quick, you know what's really weird about the PK? To start the year, it was absolutely getting clearances. Um 
And now the past two games, it's been blue line entries. I don't know what well, is up with that, but it's been... To, yeah, the blue line entry last night was brutal on the... I think it was on the tying goal, but to start the third period, I mean... It, well, yeah, we'll no, so it was the tying goal at the start of the third and the Caps game, and then it was the second goal um, where Matheson, like, just popped that off. Was, that was a ridiculous play. Yeah, oh, no, no, I mean, that Matheson play was bonkers, but... Yeah. Same principle. I mean, he just danced right from the blue line, right in the middle of the ice, right up the slot, and scored. It, it was a you know, it was a different play where it was a one man show versus a, a pass setup, but essentially it was breaking down our PK through the middle of the ice, right at the blue line, and that was two games in a row where the PK is given that up. Yeah, the problem with and I posted a couple of screen caps in one of the chats where where the uh, the goal last night. They kind of set up, it was like the four guys crossing the blue line, and I think it was Dylan Shrum who was taking the puck up, and they kind of had him, they kind of found where they wanted him, and then Mercer kind of, three guys kind of went over to the same side of the ice, and then Shrum just kind of fluttered it like into an open area of space, and then like another cap hit that space, and then Marino was kind of stagnant, and then he had to do like a full 180 to get him, to get back around to skate towards the net, and then Shrum had to step on him, and then just it's a tap in. So, I mean... I, don't, I mean, like I mentioned, like Graves was going to be a big loss on the PK. I don't know what he could have done there, but they've been, I think they've been okay on the PK, but it's still a bit of concern for me considering the clearances haven't been great. And then the goaltending has been horrific to start the year. So that's kind of just it's, like, it's been awful. It's been really bad. Um, oh, one caveat as, uh, you know, the uh, loyal stand here. Vitex game against Montreal was fantastic. No, that was good. That he was good. The numbers last night he was, was not. Last night was not great. Schmidt no. was not great last night. Schmidt was um, horrific. Schmidt was on the, brutal. On the whole, on the whole, not ideal. But Vitek did have a did have a fantastic game against Montreal, where I think they peppered us early. They had a ton of like really great uh, middle of the ice tips. Basically, slap passes right to the middle, right on yeah, front of the net. But they got multiple tips right on net, and VTech made a lot of really good saves. And I'm also not going to really grill a guy on a relief performance coming yeah. in in the second either. The second, the second goal was um, really bad. The Michael goal was bad. This, yeah, so the the first PK goal is not on VTech at all. No. But the second goal was not was not a good not a good look. But again, that was also a two on one. But he should have had it. Um, yeah. I'm not. Schmidt has not been uh, in the regular season. I thought he had a pretty solid preseason, but regular season Schmidt has not been quite it. Uh, I'm not ready really to grill VTech too much quite yet. I think he's actually been overall plenty good enough. Uh, you know, full context taken into consideration. Which is always... VTech. Go ahead. Sorry, go. I was just say VTech's clearly been better than Schmidt. Um, I don't think he's been amazing, but we don't really need amazing with this roster. We just need good enough. And I think for the most part, VTech's been good enough, which is fine. But Schmid was, I mean, last night, I, and this might just be recency bias taking over completely, but last night watching him was just like, oh, like, he's really not in a good place right now. Like, this is like a concerning performance, not just a, like a bad game. Yeah, it's like, oh, so this guy, this is the reason why this guy was in the USHL two years ago at this point. I mean, not great. I mean, he was good last year. He was good. He was. I mean, we know how well he did last year in the playoffs, of course. But mm -hmm. I mean, 
you're gonna give these you're gonna rotate starts with these two guys that was kind of playing coming in considering Hellebuck got that extension and then Tom elected to not for better or for worse elected to not get a goalie in the offseason we'll see you have gotten who would he have gotten I'm just saying I because that's the discussion just, I see the talking point all over the place about right. you could have gotten a goalie and it's like who who well, are you mean, that was in somewhere we've somewhere we both talk and there that was the, the topic of discussion I mean Hellebuck Saros whoever like I'm sure that'll come up later in the season, because uh, Soros isn't available. Hell, you're not giving Hellebuck that contract. Well, right. Okay, I'm just saying. As an overall, like there were. I'm talking there... to the listener, not you. Actually, I'm giving, <laughs> well, I'm giving uh, talking points to the listeners. I'm not yelling at you. No, I know, but I'm just saying. This like, is so they can yell at their coworkers, so they sound smarter. Yeah, and again, so like with the Hellebuck fans, like you will probably had to give him the contract he got in Winnipeg, which obviously we talked about it previously. No one wanted to do that. This Hisaros may become available. Nashville's surprisingly been a little bit better than I expected. They're not getting the results, but they're a little bit better. So we'll see if Hisaros becomes available. But in terms of the here and now, um, I definitely do trust Vitek a little bit more. Not a little bit more, a lot more than Schmid. But Schmid has not a long track record, but he's been <clears throat> he's been good at points in his career. I mean, it's a very short career so far, but um, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's currently ugly. Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely shortening their leash. Um, I, think, I think they will too. Um, for, for whatever the importance is to ride with the goalies we have versus acquire a goalie, that the, the distance of that gap is going to keep getting shorter and shorter with the performances they're giving. They may force his hand Tom Fitzgerald's hand into acquiring a goalie, like you said, for better or worse, uh, on the move there. Trade deadline, something's going to be available. I mean, there may have not been a lot of availability in the offseason because it's the offseason and teams, you know, at zero and zero think that they can do things. And then every year there's teams, maybe like a Predator style team, that keeps a guy like Saros around thinking okay like we're good with him and then you know maybe two months into the season they're really far out of it and they didn't expect to be and he becomes available when he wasn't before so a lot can change as the season goes on um but it's it's really going to be the the theme of devil's goaltending the past year and a half or so has been your performance is going to dictate what we have to do because if you guys remember last year with vanacek and blackwood they said straight up before the season even started, there is no starting goalie. The spot is for whoever's playing the best. And that is our policy, and that's not going to change. And Vanacek became the starter. You know, Blackwood had his issues, but um, became the starter through performance. And I think coming into this season, it's kind of the same thing where this whole idea of 1A, 1B versus 1 or 2 versus homegrown versus go out and get someone else is however you play is going to dictate what we're going to have to do. So moving forward, the goalie performance is going to matter a lot in Tom Fitzgerald's eyes of, can we roll with these guys from here on out or do we have to go grab someone? So I, I don't know. As of right now, like I said, I think the leash is getting shorter and shorter, even six games into the season. Yeah, this maybe is... hot take, maybe not. Um, I'm going to say we do not grab a goalie uh, this season at all. Uh, reason being... I think VTech is going to be just fine uh, throughout the regular season. And even if Schmid struggles, he is waiver exempt. Send him down. Call up Kincaid. Call up Shalgren. We have two different. <laughs> I, do I don't know if that, those are the answers. Well, I think 
Kinky could maybe be the again. You're in, when you're in playoff mode. Show in the year I I I gotta I gotta throw a hard stop so, to that one. So you guys are telling you guys are telling me you would rather go out and trade at the deadline for. I, now, if it's Soros, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm in. <laughs> don't don't get it twisted. If Soros is available for the right price, I'm in. I can't think off of the dome a other goalie that would potentially be available that I am fine with as a trade deadline acquisition, given the track record of what goalies do at the trade ride trade deadline when switching teams, which is not great. Um, they need time to really acclimate to defensive, you know, when it's a completely defensive system switch up, team switch up, especially when you're talking about a team like us. Um, you got to make sure it fits. And I just see VTech being plenty good enough in the regular season. We know his struggles are playoffs, but you're not going to know until you're in the playoffs again, if he's, righted that ship with his off-season mental training or not and as when it comes to your backup goalie if vtech does struggle again in playoffs and uh can kate so let's say let's say schmidt struggles like crazy in regular season right you send him down let him get all the starts down in utica you call up shawgren or kincaid to be your backup and let vtech take the lion's share in the regular season if kincaid or shawgren are showing they're not even worth dressing come playoffs you call up Schmidt again, just like you did last year, and you see if he pops off in playoffs like you did last year. I just don't, and that's assuming VTech falls on his face again in playoffs, like you know he did last year. So, I just don't see it being a trade deadline thing. Now, if that worst case scenario goes down, we are sending the farm for a off season trade for some goalie. Who I'm not positive. Right, that's but kind of what I, I just don't see it being an in-season thing unless we do it like December. I don't see it being a trade deadline thing. Well, the hope was—I mean, I'm, I just have the, the NHL app on my phone, and I was just scrolling through the standings to see like who's bad or whatever to see maybe who you could potentially uh, acquire. And the one team that I was—I would have thought would maybe be not in the mix or not this high up was the Bruins, maybe like an Allmark or Swayman, probably more Allmark. The team that hasn't lost yet? That's what I'm saying. That's a team I would have I would have expected to be like, okay, you can maybe get something here, but the teams at the bottom right now, like San Jose, no. Edmonton, God, no. Blackhawks, no. Ducks, no. So it's like, you're probably going to ride with these guys. I mean, again, I'm only saying the farm, like you said, for like Saros. That's literally probably like cut and dry, like the only guy, because then you can extend him and then you can figure out the rest of the goaltender at a later point but goaltending is just such a fickle um position and then like he's like with the, with the defensive system vtech's been here a full year already so he knows like the ebbs and flows of like where guys are going to go with the puck and everything so it's like for better especially with what vegas did last year teams are just going right. to be like again, like you don't need like who aiden hill sergey barofsky neither of them neither of them were like starters in the playoffs right it was like logan thompson and Spencer Knight or Alex Lyon or whatever it's like. It was Lyon at the time. Right. Yeah, Lyon got them into playoffs and then uh, then Bob got got the net back. Bob got hot. I mean, look, I mean, it's no no secret VTech struggled last year in the playoffs. Like, Tatar has his, or had his, like, historical uh, disappointments in the playoffs. I mean, guys can right the ship at any given moment. Um, But, I mean, the, the team's too good to fail. Like, they're going to generate enough offense and keep enough of the hiding their chances away. It's like, give me a very average performance most nights. You're going to put up, like, 100, over 100 points in the season, and you're going to be in contention for the Stanley Cup. It, it'll yeah, happen. Like, they'll, they'll break the ship at some point. They, but don't right forget now, where Tom came from. Help, you know, with those 
early, early Pittsburgh setups where you don't need a goalie. Just outscore your problems. And <laughs> I mean, this team is good enough to do that. Yeah. What, yeah. Whatever. I do have a feeling that uh, pretty much at least once a week on this podcast, we're going to have to have trade for goalie conversation. <laughs> the trade, the we're going to keep doing it. We'll figure it out. We're going to keep having defensive growing pains and uh, we'll still be a playoff team. Like and... you mentioned earlier, though, the Montreal performance from VTech was really good because like, that's basically all you want in a goal. It's like you start slow, make four, five, six, seven big saves in the first period, keep us in the game, let us get our feet under us, power play, goal, whatever, get your feet going, and you're in the game. That's all you really want. And then want. he comes in and relief last night. You didn't, well, just to, to, to add on to that, it's like you, didn't, you just didn't get that last night. You came out slow, you let up three goals on eight shots. The game's over. I mean, yeah, you came back and tied and then got the lead, but like, that's not gonna happen every night. So hey, it's not sustainable. No, it's not sustainable, and that's why you're three, two, and one. When you should probably be five and one. Right. Yeah. I'm so, not, uh, go ahead. Nope. You're good. No, I was gonna transition. So if you have more to add, go for it. I got, I got nothing. You, you transition, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> no, um, I was just gonna say. <clears throat> so moving forward here, we got Buffalo tomorrow night. And Minnesota is in town uh, Sunday. By the way, I, I know I, I think I pointed this out. I don't know if it was on Twitter or on the pod here. Um, the Devils only had to get on a plane one time in October. It was either all home games or they played in Long Island or, you know, somewhere still fairly local. Um, I think Montreal would have been the only flight they took this whole month. Yeah. So after this, it's going to start. The, the schedule is going to get a little more rigorous and... Uh, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get off to a hotter start because I feel like that was a really good opportunity to capitalize on that. Who knows? Maybe that even contributed to it that these guys are sitting at home with their families rather than, you know, spending all their time on the road focused on being a hockey player. I I say that kind of half sarcastically. I know they're taking their jobs very seriously at all times. And please don't think that I actually mean that their performance you know, suffers just because they're spending more time at home. Unless they have kids, maybe that's possible. I don't know. I'm rambling now, no, but my no, point I, is, I, I hear what you mean. It's like the season. You, the season really feel like it, it kicks off like once you get on the, like that first long road trip. Right. They they right. really right. haven't. They're not in mid season form yet. Like genuinely, because they really have had logistically an easy schedule so far. I don't mean the quality of competition, but like just work life balance. They've had an easy schedule so far. So. We're going to see that ramp up in the next two weeks or so. I think they have their first major road trip the first week of November. So looking forward, this is going to be an interesting two or so weeks. We're going to see kind of really what they're made of when they really get back into that midseason swing here. Uh, I, I love that point there, BP, for multiple reasons. One, uh, Tyler Toffoli is like, wait, that's allowed? I've been playing all. <laughs> Yeah, like, Calgary. Calgary, you can just you can just live at home for a month, right? So that's fantastic. And then we were, I believe, we ended the season second best road team, only barely behind the record-setting Boston Bruins. Uh, yeah. So I think it'll be good for them. I don't, you know, for whatever reason, just the home games. I don't know if the boys get a little too hyphy with them with themselves a bit. Uh, oh, and Hoboken. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. You know, we'll see. I'm sure that, of course, correct uh, as the years go on, especially. But, 
Yeah, I, I think we're a really good road team for sure. I think we just kind of buckle it down even more than we do at home for whatever reason. Um, I don't think it's anything that's like on purpose. It's just the way it kind of works out. But uh, for tomorrow specifically with Buffalo, I think it is very interesting because very good for my fantasy team. Very not good as a Devils fan. Uh, Tage maybe seems to have found a, found his offensive touch again. Shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was very <laughs> slow to start, like atrociously slow from a Tage Thompson perspective. And uh, their their last game, he he seems to have, or the last couple of games, he seems to have found it a little bit. Uh, so with the way our defense is giving up some quality chances, some breakdowns, not not the most ideal team to go against, but uh, this could be an absolute slugfest in the we might get like a 7-6 game tomorrow. God, I hope so. I beat, like, it might, it might be a bonkers, I could a just, bonkers I could goal card. I could use another Montreal game, honestly. Give me another, like, 5-1 or, like, like just a shutout win for whoever's in that because I can't, I, can't, I can't sustain. Do you not, do you not enjoy being the only team in the NHL to not have scored first in a game? Ugh, yeah, brutal. Is that, is that yeah, not can we just get get a first goal? Like, let's just start there. I mean, Levi's out, so you're getting Pekka in or Devil's Legend Eric Comrie, so you would... I'll take Comrie, or I would actually take Comrie or Levi right now with how uh, Pekka Lunanen had played in that last game, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll I, think, I think UPL played the other night on Frozen Frenzy or whatever, so maybe you get a Comrie tomorrow. Um, but... Former Devil, he's getting a shutout. He's not good. No, I, I said last night that Jack Hughes was going to end with zero points because uh, in their pregame soccer warm-up, he headbutted the ball out of the circle, and I was like, oh, he's done. Jack's cooked. <laughs> I had also said in one of our chat groups at the very start of the third period when we were still up one goal, I said we're going to give up three goals, pull the goalie, score two, and then win in overtime. And the Devils had to challenge the third goal against and win. I was going to if if yeah. they didn't challenge the third goal, my script was coming true. They screwed themselves. I don't know what Ruff was thinking. <laughs> Y'all wildin'. <laughs> now, on the real, um, I, I don't think there's any... I, I know a lot of Devil fans are panicking. I just don't see it, to be honest. I don't see the reason. I feel like, on the whole, you just watch the team play, and you look at the numbers, and it's like, we're going to win a lot more than we lose. Are we going to set another franchise record beating out last year's uh, point production? Probably not. But you should expect that with the uh, lineup changes that were made. And I think on the whole, we're going to end up a better team by season's end, even though we're probably going to drop more points at the start of the year. I'll take it. Yep. All right, fellas. I uh, have some domestic obligations. <laughs> uh, I got to go cook dinner and it's so late and i'm i'm already in trouble over it so i gotta i gotta wrap it up on my end here i don't know if you guys had more to talk about no, if, if i'm just hopping off or we're wrapping up here no that's a good place to that's a good place to drop it i mean we talked about buffalo we didn't really get to minnesota but that's all right we can talk about that um bp can you rant with me for 30 seconds about oh yeah absolutely let's do it. okay okay i got one more thing that was a hot button topic in our little chat group last night i gotta touch on it before we wrap up oh, here uh, yeah. The Boo Birds were out last night in the end of the first period. Yes, and, uh, they were. And I, I don't know if you joined in, but I personally hold a very strong opinion of 
if I'm watching that game and our boys didn't straight up quit on the ice, and I'm talking, they're not lifting their feet, they're coasting, and we just get plummeted in, and the boys are like, yeah, on to the next one. I'm never booing my team. If they're out there putting in a legitimate effort, even if they are getting lit up for whatever reason, if they are getting lit up, as long as they are out there every shift still trying, which they were, and then pushed it to the metal in the second period, obviously, I'm not booing them. And uh, especially if anyone's like, oh, yeah, my booing is the reason they came back out and had that second period, you're on one. Uh, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Well, to be fair, uh, yeah. Two shots in the first period. So it's not like it wasn't. Yeah, it, it was bad. I, was still, I think they had chances that just were not shots on net. There were some that just barely missed wide. They don't count as shots, but. So I couldn't disagree more. Um, this is what I'm here for. So, and, and I think it's a kind of a bigger picture thing as well. Um, as opposed to just last night. Um, I think the beauty of being a sports fan, I'm going to get real, you know, spiritual here. I think the beauty of being a sports fan is kind of like how when you go to a theater and watch a show or watch a movie or something, there's the suspension of disbelief, right? Like you are going to engage in what you're doing. And I think the beauty of being a sports fan is that you are allowed to be as reactionary and outrageous as possible. And there is no real life consequence. It's not like you, the team winning or losing is going to actually produce positive or, or negatives in, you know, real life. No one's going to get hurt kind of thing. Tell that to the fans that have gotten punched in the <laughs> well, head. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you, I think you know what I mean here, but my point just being, I love, the idea that my team wins, I get to cheer like no tomorrow. My team loses, I get to boo like there's no tomorrow. I, I am so in favor of sports fans just being outrageous at all times. So I think last night specifically, you're down 3 nothing. Uh, you, you have two shots on goal. They have more goals than you have shots in the first period. And it's a Washington Capitals team in 2023 that's doing this to the Devils team in 2023. After five previous games where the main criticism was got off to a slow start, really need to tighten up the start, really need to come out flying, we can't keep playing from down 3 nothing. So to come out in game six after we were chanting to fire the coach after two games last year, to come out TV. in game on national TV, to come out in game also six, down 3 nothing, have two shots on goal when the whole fan base is like, hey, we, this literally can't keep happening absolutely boo boo until you lose your voice i don't care it's fine um it, i i think it's what makes sports fun like like genuinely so i i'm here for the content i'm here for a good time not a long time uh i'm happy to see the boo birds i i think they're having fun you know even in their display of disdain for what happened on the ice there um because you know what when the devils do then go turn around and score four goals. Those are the same people losing their minds, going nuts out of happiness. So, you know, let's get let's let's take this even one step further. You gotta feel pain to feel happiness. You know what I mean? Like totally fair. Let's I say do it again if it happens again. Yeah. Also, it's New Jersey, so can you really expect anything less? Oh, yeah. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying you can't boo. I'm not saying don't boo. I'm saying I'm gonna make fun of you for booing because you're silly. Uh, no, no, I reject that. Yeah, 
See that I'm so upset that you have to leave here. I'm trying to make this quick because it's a great, it's a great <laughs> we, we, I mean, it's, it's a good topic that's not necessarily even relevant to right now. We could talk about this any other time. So we will get back to this. But I, I – One last point on it is you were saying it's the same fans going crazy. I think you can hold your emotions in check and realize your team is out there busting their ass trying to keep this game and that they don't need to be hearing booze from their home crowd that's got to be having their back through this game. And they sure as hell do. can still be going absolutely nuts in the second when you have those comeback-type games. And then you still have their back when they absolutely flub it come the third period as well. Look, I but, hate to be that guy but, that brings this up, but when you're getting paid upwards of millions of dollars to play hockey and – your biggest problem is the home crowd booing you when you're down three nothing with two shots on goal. Yeah, you know what? Get over it. Like it's 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 just no, part no, no, of it. No, no, no. Uh, my argument isn't I feel bad for the players. Are like they're um, they don't need to be subject to that. I'm saying, as a fan, I do not understand the concept of booing your team at all. It just does not even compute in my head of why. It's that feedback. would be an action you need to take as a response. Do you think they don't realize that was a poor start? Do you think they need uh, re? Uh, they need to be told, like, hey, guys, that wasn't very good. Uh, we're not very happy with that. Two shots on goal in the first, three goals again. No. Sure yeah, no, that's not the fans care to that degree that they're voicing their Yeah, no, they, it's, it's, it's passion. It's passion. When you were in school and you got a terrible grade on a test, when <laughs> you, you got home... Did, did your no? <laughs> I mean, uh, but did, did your parents say, "Well, you know that you got a bad grade. I'm sure you already feel bad about it, so I, I'm just going to leave you alone." No, they laid into you to let them let you no, know. They're, I, I never got laid into. Well, one, I never really got bad grades. Uh, I mean, we do, even we, we don't need to unpack my childhood here. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about that one. Grades? No, no. It was if I was putting in the effort, if I was studying, which I wasn't, but. That's not the point really there. Uh, if I am putting in the effort and I'm doing overall very well, which the team overall is skating very well, it's just not the exact results. Are they? They don't turn apart on it. Yeah. They're not getting the results. The end, that's what matters. They've defensive breakdowns with young defensemen that are growing pains that you should have expected coming into this season. Uh, and then our goaltending, at least Schmid, has definitely been less than ideal. But Vitek's been mostly fine. We agree that the... Game-winning goal was not great, but came in a relief situation, didn't have much shots against him, even especially through the second, but even in the third. And so I'm not going to tear him apart for it. I just I don't see, like, I need to have this emotional negative reaction. I have to uh, articulate and voice my disdain to a team that I, you know, I the one argument I heard was I paid 100, whatever, you know, or 80, whatever prick, ticket price you paid. To go right. see a game, I'm going to do whatever I want. And again, do whatever you want. I'm not telling you not to. Right. I'm just going to make fun of you if you boo. And you need to know that hockey is a very luck-based game. It's very random. And you're going to you're not guaranteed to go and see a W every time you pay to go see a game. You're not guaranteed no, to see a, no. the most uh, back-and-forth uh, shellacking either. And some pucks just go against you. There's bad games. They happen. Right, right. And... and I mean, fans don't just boo when the team loses all the time, every time. But you're seeing a team that is now three wins and three losses, and their opponents are, what, the Coyotes, the Canadians, the Capitals? Like, it, really, the, 
strength of schedule hasn't been ridiculous. So at a certain point, when the results aren't great, and the first period, it wasn't good. Their play wasn't good. And so, I mean, you can say they're still putting in some effort, but two shots on goal in a period, like I said, which is less than the other team scored in goals, that's not the same as, oh, they're playing really well and got a few bad bounces and shit happens. That is, man, this sucks. Get it together. I'm going to boo you until you do. So that's where I stand on that. We'll get back to this. However, um, I am getting into very dangerous territory. No, go, um, go, boy. Go. <laughs> dinner needs to be on the table yeah, in like we'll 15 off. minutes. Yeah, we'll cut off <laughs> for today and we'll get back to you guys on Sunday. Hopefully we cap in a couple wins. Yo, give Absolutely. us some comments. Let us know what you think. Boo or no boo? Yeah, that, I'm, I'm down to hear from people on this one because I am so pro, like, content. I'm, I'm so pro, like, this is what makes sports fun, oh, like, for, for better or worse. If you know worse. anything about me, I am pro content, which is why I make fun of people that boo because they can't control their emotions and are going to have a reaction when I say that. Let them live. All right, I got to go. I'll Good see you guys. Just for rats, the best player in the NHL.